I grew up in the church and loved my childhood and teenage years. But when I hit uni, I started asking some bigger questions. At about 20, I attended a conference that really opened my eyes to the depth and breadth of what it meant to be a person of faith. It was at that conference that I met Jules. She's like an older version of me, so now I always call her when I want to process things of faith, vocation, and boys. I kind of get her advice, but I'm pretty sure she learns a few things from me too. That's true. A few people commented on how they love to eavesdrop in our conversations. So like a true millennial, I decided to make a podcast, documenting my journey about what it means to be a woman of faith in the 21st century. I'm Grace Bucknell, and this is neither Mary nor Martha. Welcome to the second episode of Neither Mary Nor Martha. This is the episode where Jules is going to tell me and all of you what we should do with our lives. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that right? No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. But it is a question that we're all asking and we all want the answer. And, you know, you have said that you're 15 years down the track and you've got some more answers. And, oh, I'm pretty sure know. I said I don't have the answers. but <laughs> No, but in all seriousness... Um, we have realised, I've realised, and I think um, through conversations with friends and just growing up in the church, a big question um, in everyone's minds is, what is my calling? Yes. What is my calling? And I think it kind of gets, the word calling gets used a lot. And for me, I've I've been like, I need another word because when there are certain things that I feel like are my calling, I feel like I can't say that almost because it's been right. it's almost lost its meaning and it feels like it's not going to be taken seriously or something. Oh, okay. Which That's is, interesting. Is, is a weird kind of side note. So what kind of words do you prefer to use? Well, see, I prefer to use vocation. Yeah. But even that, well, that's hard because it's... It almost, in some circles, is becoming a little bit of a buzzword now as it's starting right. to to get a bit more exposure and popularity. But I think it makes more sense. Yeah. And I think we'll get into that. Um, we'll get into that. But really what I've realized is that the big question is, what do I do with my life? What is my calling? What has God put me here to do? What's my one yes. sort of thing? And I guess the question is, is that the question to be asking? Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Has God put us here to do one big calling? Is he going to bestow? Am I going to hear a booming voice from heaven saying, this is your calling? Or some people do, right? Or or at least claim to. I'm not... um, Yeah, some people do. I'm sure Mm. that some people do. I think the question that we need to be asking is... uh, Well, initially what we need to be asking is broader than that. Mm. Um, And rather than looking at us as individuals, looking at humanity. Okay, so we're (laughs) just making it easier for ourselves, are we? By going... Well, it's interesting. This is one of the things that I have... um, I have thought about a lot recently and actually in the way that we're educating our children. So um, the the way that we do it, and this is how we did it when I was at school as well. So, yep. you know, 30 years ago, you're learning about social studies, mm-hmm. um, social studies rather than history or geography. It kind of social studies encompasses those things. But it's the starting point is you. You're, yeah. You learn about you and you explain, you fill out a little thing at school saying all about me. This is the colour of my eyes and this mm. is my um, 
how old I am and these are the things that I like and then you learn about your whanau and your um, and you express who you know we, how you're connected to them and um, how many siblings you have and who your mum is and who your dad is and mm. who your grandparents are then you learn about your classroom and your neighbourhood and your community and your city and your country and mm. it builds out until you're learning about the seven continents and um, and different cultures around the world and stuff and then sort of back into history and what I've been reading about is um, this is totally not where I was going to go with this question <laughs> but what I've been reading about is a different approach where you actually start with uh, history the big story the big story starting from the first people mm. and actually you work your way over years through history um, which also explores the seven continents and different mm. countries um, into working your way into who you are in amongst all of that. And you see yourself in light of that. You see yourself in light of that, not as the centre of everything. <laughs> yeah. And I remember being taught that at summer conference my first year. Oh, right. With, with um, the three circles. So the biggest circle was oh, the big story. Yes. The middle circle is um, sort of wider than yourself. It's more like your family, your country, all of that. And then the yep. middle one is me. Yes. But Culture has removed the two outer rings, and we're trying to gain all our meaning from, from me. me. Yes, and difficult to do, really hard, actually to actually impossible, and not what humans have done in in history. Yeah, and this is my. I mean, yeah, I I'm I'm realizing again through teaching my kids about mm. history how much I don't know. Yeah, I'm filling in a lot of gaps for myself as I'm as I'm reading through books and stuff with them. Um, but how much, how important it is to understand history because we can very easily see everything through our lens of 21st century mm. New Zealand, Western culture. Which is missing a lot. Which is missing a lot. It's it's shallow, like we mm. talked about last, um, in the last episode. We, yeah. we need deep, we need deeper people. Yeah. Um, but to go back to talking about, um, about vocation or calling, I think we need to have a similar approach and we need to actually ask the question about what it means to be human mm. before we're looking at what my individual calling is. Yeah. And so if we go back to um, Genesis and look at the creation story, mm. um, we can we can take out of that that our, our calling or our vocation as humans um, is to be in relationship with God and good, healthy relationship with God mm-hmm. and with others around yeah. us and with ourselves yeah and with the rest of creation yeah and that we are with that relational status we are called to um, steward creation take care of it um, look after it and then continue to co-create in mm. partnership with God to forward it to forward it to advance yeah. it yeah and so that if you just sit with that a bit, you start to understand the breadth and the depth of what it means mm. to be human, a Christian understanding of what it means to be human. And I think it's interesting because I know through growing up and trying to kind of find out like what it is that I'm going to do with my life, yeah. I would go to the Bible, but I wouldn't go to Genesis. No, you'd go to Jeremiah 29, yeah, 11 yeah, and just declare would. that he's There's got good some plans plan. for you. There's some a plan plans somewhere. to prosper. It's going to be glorious. And I would just search through for something. Maybe something will jump out. And maybe something Jesus said, or maybe something in a psalm. But <laughs> I never thought to look at Genesis. And I think right. that's because of just our understanding of Scripture in general, which we will come to in a later episode. Yes. But... It's important, I think, to go back and kind of give more 
put more weight, weight. on that. Yes. Because yep. it's we've been given this incredible calling mm. already. Mm. But from the moment we were like in our mother's womb, yes. that was a calling. And actually before before becoming Christians. So humans, oh, yeah. you know, pre-Jesus coming along and having mm. to um, redeem everything, we actually had a purpose. As mm. humans, God gave us a job, a task, and that is to um, what we just explained, to be continuing to create and advance this creation mm. in partnership with him, in good relationship with him. So how do we then kind of have that how does that view, that wider view of being human, mm-hmm. work with all these other things that we've got going on in our lives? Being a Christian, being a, just a person with our own gifts and talents. How, yeah. like, what is a way that we can sort of frame that? I think it, what it does do is it it holds all of those things together. Mm. So we don't need to be separating out. Um, um, the Christian things from the rest of your life, like the Christianity and your faith um, is the foundation of all of those mm. aspects of your life. So um, as you, what's a, a different way of saying that, that, that every aspect, everything that you participate in your, li- in, in your life is human and it's good. Mm. Like God created and he stepped back and he looked and said, this is good. And when he mm. created us as humans he stepped back and was like this is very good yeah so these things are all good the way that we rest the way that we play the way that we work the way that we worship these are all sacred things they are Mm. all what it means to be human so you don't have your christian things and then your other things it's it's not you're not compartmentalizing everything no no, yeah. It, that, yeah, and I think that this understanding of um, of human vocation holds all of those things mm. together. And so, there's a great book called um, "The Other Six Days," which I am acting like I've read all of it, and I haven't, but I've read parts <laughs> of it. Um, and in that, um, there's an example um, or an illustration that's used of a um, understanding personal vocation and Christian vocation and human vocation. Yeah. Um, and he uses a layered wedding cake. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, we've got things upside down in our current culture. And so he says that, that the way that we see things these days is that that foundational layer at the bottom, which is the largest, yeah. we see as being personal vocation, yeah. which I think comes out of some of those things we were talking about before, where we, we, we learn from a young age that we're the centre of the universe. Yeah, and so that so when you say personal vocation, you mean what we're going to do with our day-to-day Yes, your lives. individual calling yep. as a person. How you're going to use your gifts and talents yep. and what you're going to make, your, your career climb, what you're going to make of yourself yes. sort of thing. Yeah, yep. totally. And then the middle layer we've got as Christian vocation. So that's kind of the um, the go out and, and make disciples, yep. um, baptize the people. serving in church, the discipling with others. Disli- yep. Discipling others, yeah, spreading, um, telling people about Jesus, yep. um, evangelizing. And then the the top layer um, is human vocation. So what we were just talking about. Yeah. And we've narrowed that down to be that top little piece of cake mm. on the wedding cake. And what he's saying in that book is that we need to flip that upside down mm. and have that foundational layer of cake be the human vocation. We need to sit with that and we need to think about it. We need to um, talk about it, have conversation about mm, it. Understand it more. Learn about it, yeah, and, and have that be the foundation. And then above that, have your Christian vocation. 
And then that tiny little layer on the top comes after that. So once you've got a good understanding mm. of those things, you probably will have a, a, a better understanding or a better um, feeling of guidance towards what yeah. your personal calling is. And that's not to diminish your personal calling at all, but actually to... It's putting it to, in its rightful place. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it's actually going to make what you do with your life that much better and have more probably more impact and and you feel more secure in it because you know where your identity actually is. Yes. You know that your identity is not in those things that you do day to day and in that career. Your identity is in a human made in the image of God. Yeah. And that's where you get all your meaning from, from that biggest layer. That's right, yeah. Because I know something as well for me, um, and I think this comes from having that personal vocation as the biggest layer, was this fear of not of doing the wrong thing, of yes. of what if I do this, but God actually wants me to do that, yeah. and completely disregarding that God has already laid out for me in Scripture what it is I'm here to do, and if I just give my life to Him and see everything as something that is partnering with Him and forwarding His creation, then then I will then my life will start to just get into a rhythm with him and yes. I start to to partner with him more and create and then I realize what it is I'm here to do. Yep. But instead, I had everything pinned on what like what's my specific thing and a really helpful analogy was given to me about a tightrope versus playground. So I was walking uh, my life on a tightrope thinking yeah. that if I made one wrong move, then I was out of God's will. And that I had to just, I had to really figure out this tightrope direction and instead to look at life like it's a playground. And God has given us a playground and that means that there are boundaries. Yeah. And it's a pretty big playground, but there are boundaries in that playground. But you can be on the swing, you can be on the slide, you can be on the roundabout, whatever. It doesn't matter. And God is going to delight in whatever you choose. Mm. And there are so many things that you could be doing. But there's not this sort of right or wrong. And I do remember when it was someone that told me this when I was younger. And I remember going, but I just want him to tell me which one to go on. Like, I don't want to have to decide. But now I I, I definitely see it as a freeing thing and a really exciting thing. Yeah. And I think as you learn and grow more, you feel more confident in making those decisions about whether yeah. you're going to go on the slide or the swing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, the more that you know the character of God, the more that you can actually feel that maybe there is a bit more of a pull towards the slide yeah. versus and, the swing. And that stuff takes time. Yeah. And and you, yeah, the, the more you spend that time just being with God and learning to hear his voice, um, which is often a whisper, mm. um, the more confident you do feel in those pulls. Mm. So I think... It's all it's like it's awesome to be able to step back from the personal vocation and focus in on the human vocation. But there is a desire to understand what your personal vocation is. And God has given us totally. a personal vocation. Yeah. So like for you, what what's been helpful in in trying to figure that out? Mm. Actually, there's, there is something that has been really helpful. Um, there's a book which I think is called Soul Purpose, mm -hmm. um, and I'll double-check that. And um, We'll put and, it on social media. Yeah. Um, and there's a chapter in that book called, I think it's called Finding Your Thumbprint. 
And it's basically an exercise. It takes you through an exercise where you initially make a list of all the things that you've done in your life that you felt you did really well. So I went right back to childhood cool. um, to when I was in the musical Annie cool. and got heaps of great reviews. I put something like that. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and, and so you, you basically, anything that you feel you did really well, that you really enjoyed, that you felt satisfied by, mm-hmm. um, that other people commented on and said that you did really well, you make a list of all of those things and like everything that you can think of. And then you choose the top seven Okay, and I actually only had eight, <laughs> so and I kind of only put the eighth one in because I was like, I'm going to have to choose the top seven in the next step, and I I need Can't to have more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with those top seven, it then gives you a list of like um, like gifts or, or talents that you're using in each of those, and you draw those out and start to. What it started to do for me was um, highlight to me that there were connections between all of these things that I had done well. Mm. Um, so you draw all of those out and it gets you to do a couple of more steps in, in that process. And at the end of it, you come up with a statement that is basically like, I am here to do this thing. So what I realized mm. through that is that I love learning and, I, uh, and, I'm, and I'm good at communicating. Yeah. And so my statement at the end of it um, was also, because also I do a lot of writing, and um, and my statement at the end of it was basically, I am here to learn and then re-communicate what I learn mm. through speaking and writing. And that's kind of... That's that great. So what it's done is it's been anything that kind of, any job that I get offered or anything that I get asked to do, I can sort you of can bring it back to that to measure it. Put it against it. that. Yeah. That is really helpful. And decide whether I say yes or no mm, to that thing. That's really cool. Another thing that's actually quite similar to that is in the book Garden City by John Mark Comer. It's a book I'd highly recommend because it talks a lot about this um, human vocation stuff. Yes, yeah, And then it goes into, it's got this list in the book that goes, kind of asks all these questions like, what's something that you, the thing that you do that the more you do it, the better you get? The thing that God just seems to keep blessing, the thing people keep commenting on, the thing you just can't get enough of. And it goes through a whole list of things and it kind of helps you to narrow down and crystallize all these, because we all just do so many things and there's so many, we're in this age of possibilities and we're told anything is possible. We're told dream big, you can do absolutely anything. And I, I mean, it kind of is true, but also... Well, it kind of is if you're living in white middle-class New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah. And this is my um, my beef with some of those things is I'm like, if, we, if, if it's true that all of us can do anything we want to do, then who is it that's going to clean the toilets? Because I'm pretty sure that nobody is dreaming of being mm. the toilet cleaner or the, the garbage... I mean, maybe people do dream of being the garbage man, but, you know, all of those jobs, like, I think we have to also be realistic. If it's true, it's got to be true for everybody. Yeah, and so I think that's where the human vocation thing gives more dignity to those jobs that people may be in feeling like, well, this isn't, this isn't furthering the kingdom, or or this isn't me living my dream. Yeah. But then when you place more weight and importance on, uh, furthering creation and working and partnering with God and realizing that everything is sacred, then suddenly it opens up this door to all these jobs and all these pathways in life that actually are right in the realm of what God is doing in this earth. Yeah. And that just gives things, it's so much more helpful. 
So there are these there are these ways that we can can look and, and narrow in on uh, what our personal vocation is. But then I feel like as we do that, we always have to then step back and remind ourselves of the bigger of picture. Of the bigger picture, yeah. Yeah. There's just a little bit in the middle there that we've skipped, mm. um, and that is the Christian vocation. True, we have. <laughs> and I think that actually um, it deserves a bit of time as well, because mm. I think one of the things that we have had a bit mixed up is Christian vocation and human vocation. Mm. Um, we were created as humans, not as Christians. Yeah. So the Christian vocation of, um, in, yeah, in terms of sharing the good news of the gospel is very important, but it is not the only thing that we're called to do. Mm. And so um, I'm just remembering um, a friend of mine who um, who's an underwater cameraman and does the most amazing work. Yeah, it is. I've seen it. Yeah. It's great. And he just, um, it, it, yeah, it's amazing. And in being asked um, on a panel one, to, by a panel at, at a, an event one time, what, how his faith influenced his work he stumbled a bit and and ended up kind of saying, "Well, I guess I'm talking, I'm I'm revealing creation, and I'm not talking about evolution." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, he doesn't understand the value of what it is that he's doing." Mm. And if we've got a mindset where we're like, "We've just got to get everybody on board the lifeboat," the lifeboat, yeah, then I think a people actually read that agenda pretty well, mm. and it's hard to build relationship um, with that kind of attitude and way mm. of coming into a friendship um, but B we're missing out on the value and understanding the value of all the other things that we're doing so mm. he's creating and reveal he's, he's an underwater cameraman so he's revealing to us the beauty of creation of mm. what God has created and potentially um, many of us would never, never see, see and mm. be able to appreciate. He is celebrating the beauty of creation, and that is a human thing to do. Yeah, and that is a good thing to do in and of itself, without anybody getting saved through the process. Yeah, that is good. It's awe and wonder, it's which awe is something that we need to come back to. And I think yeah. that when I watch um, Planet Earth or Our Planet, David Attenborough, oh, we spend so I, much time watching same, documentaries. Same, yeah. My whole flat does, and I sit there and just go. How, what, like, I, I'm speechless as to how God created it, why, yeah. why he chose to even put so much detail in, in the deep sea that we're never, ever going to get a look at, yeah. apart from through these people. Yeah. And that is totally revealing God's glory and kingdom. Yeah. As is the mum who's at home and not communicating with any other adults during the day and just staying home and changing nappies. Yeah. And the accountant or the lawyer that is there till all hours of the night and yeah. probably doesn't feel like they are sharing the gospel no, and what they're, they're doing. The lawyer who's bringing justice. Yeah. And the, the teacher who is, you know, raising children and shaping raising, kids. shaping the next generation. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as much as the the pastor who's leading a church, mm. you know, these yeah. things are all good human things, and they are all things that we need to be doing mm. to be furthering the kingdom. Yeah, I think to finish off, there's this really awesome quote from Garden City that I think kind of almost it reframes the Genesis kind of creation mandate, the cultural mandate that we have been given. So I thought I would read that out. Great. To take all the raw materials that are spread out in front of you, to work it, to take care of it, to rule, to subdue, to wrestle, to fight, to explore, and to take the creation project forward as an act of service and worship to the God who made you. 
I reckon you should read that again. I think I should. Just sit in this and then join us on the next episode. Take all the raw materials that are spread out in front of you to work it, to take care of it, to rule, to subdue, to wrestle, to fight, to explore, and to take the creation project forward as an act of service and worship to the God who made you. Mm.